0: morning crossroads happy mother's day thank you for joining us online and thank you for joining us here in the auditorium would you please stand and worship with us this morning here we go Song. We've seen the things that you have done, and still we know the best is yet to come. There's more to come.
1: today. What a great God we serve. You may be seated, please. It's Mother's Day. Can we thank God for all the moms here today? Let's thank God for that, huh? Today we are going to dedicate our children today. We have one family coming today. We had a whole slew of families in the first service, but this morning we are going to dedicate Everett, Derek, Hofferman. Offerman. Let's bring them up this morning. Parents, Amber and Lyle. Let's welcome them to the stage this morning. There's a good close-up on the screen of Everett. Any acute a cute little guy? Man, I love this. Let's thank God for this family here this morning, guys. I love this. You know, I remember... Uh, Al and Amber coming to church, and they said, "Hey, we're we're going to get married. Do you think you could do our wedding?" I was like, "Yeah, we can do your wedding." And, uh, and then they got married, and then you know the pandemic came, and then I was like, "You know, you know what's going to happen. You guys are going to have a baby." I called them during the pandemic. I said, "You know what's going to happen? All these newlyweds are going to have what I call perennials. <laughs> All right. So, so that's these babies that are happening over this last year. We thank God for Al for Al. For Amber and Lyle, and we thank God for you too, and for little Derek. Let's thank God for this wonderful family. We thank God for this. You know, today you are following in what what the Bible has told us to do, to dedicate our children to the Lord. One day our prayer is that little Everett will open his heart to Jesus, and uh, he, he will come to the understanding that he needs Christ. And uh, But until then, mom and dad are going to keep guiding him. And keep. Actually, you're going to guide him all of his life. You're going to continue to raise him to honor and love the Lord. And so we are so thankful. I'm so thankful for the, the life that you two have decided to live, to honor God with your lives. And so it's just wonderful. And so what they would do, even when Jesus was born, his parents took him to the temple, and they offered him before the Lord. And so whenever they did that... Uh, it was, it was uh, what you would do with your children it was a proper thing to do you would go and you'd make a form of worship and then you would say here's my child and dedicate him to the Lord so today I want to remind you of a few verses before we dedicate little Derek this morning it says that uh, for you formed my inward parts you covered me in my mother's womb this is Psalm 139 I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works and my soul knows that very well my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. All of my days they were fashioned for me by the Lord, when yet there was not even any of them had existed yet. So God had a plan, and God says, I'm going to put Amber and Lyle together, and I'm going to let them fall in love with each other. And uh, and God's plan was greater than just even that. God says, not only am I going to let you fall in love with each other, but I'm going to let you create a family. And I'm going to start this and make this wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully made was this little child in, in the secret places that God says, listen, I'm going to form him. And the scriptures tell us in the book of Proverbs and Psalms that children are an inheritance from the Lord. So this is God's gift to you today. And then I want to remind you of what, what God told us as parents to do over in Deuteronomy chapter 6. The Lord your God is one Lord. The Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And the words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, uh, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And so I know that's what you two want to do. You want to raise this child to honor and love the Lord. So can we just rejoice with them today, folks? They're going to raise this child to love the Lord. I know that you have family with you. If, if uh, Any family with this fine couple, would you please stand? I see a few of them here. Stand up if you're a family. All the... All right, we've got a little bit everywhere, okay? Some in the back, all right? Yes. We welcome you. Thank you. You may be seated. This is their support system, and they're going to encourage you when the times get going rough. You know, times are good, times are bad. They're up and down, aren't they? But with God, all things are possible. So I'm so proud of you guys and so wonderful to be able to be a part of your wedding and now part of dedicating little Derek before the Lord. So would you join me, church, as we pray over little Derek, uh, little Everett Derek. De- Derek's his middle name. Have I been saying Derek the whole time? Forgive me. Little Everett, as we are praying over little Everett this morning, and uh, we're just going to lift him before the Lord. All right? Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and I just thank you for this fine couple up here for, for, Amber and Lyle, Lord, we thank you for the work that you've done in their life. You are making them more like you, Lord. They're growing in their faith. Now you've given them not only a wonderful marriage, you've given them this wonderful baby. So, Lord, we dedicate little Everett Derek Offerman to you, Lord. We thank you for the uh, just the wonderful gift he is, that he was fearfully and wonderfully made and uh, God, that he will live many days according to your plan, Lord. And we thank you for what you're doing in their life. God, we now ask that you will protect him and put your hedge of protection around him. Protect his heart and soul, Lord. May he come to know you at a young age, Lord. One day he'll come home from Sunday school. One day his mom and dad will teach him in their house how to trust Jesus. And we look forward to that day that he starts his own personal relationship with you. God, we, we dedicate this family to you. We dedicate mom and dad as they raise little Everett today, Lord, to honor you, to bless you. God, I pray you'll give them the strength and the wisdom and the energy that they need to do what you've called them to. And we give you the honor and the glory. And, Lord, we dedicate this little child, little Everett. We dedicate him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. Perfect timing. He learned how to say amen already. Let's thank God for this wonderful family. God bless you guys. God bless you.
2: Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day! Quick clap and thank God for our moms, for the mother figures in our lives. God is good and thankful for that. that I've watched that video several times and it, and it gets me every time. It gets me every time. But I, I just want to say glad you guys are here. Thanks for joining us online. I want to share a few things. Uh, just one: if you are our guest today, we're glad you're here. We have, now we have some guests here supporting our family. So we had a we had a family here at the at the eleven, and then we had six families. They were like all over the place. In fact, some of them were like, it was like stage end to stage end, and they're all dedicating their children to the Lord. And so we have much to be thankful for. Yeah. It's okay to clap in church. I'll give you permission. It's okay. Okay. And it's, so I just want to say glad you're here. And please, if you're one of our guests, please stop by the Welcome Center. They have something to give you by just saying thanks for being with us at Crossroads today. And also, if you're online, let Elena know. She'd love to connect with you and share more information about Crossroads. But here's the one thing I'm excited about. We got two things I want to share with you. One is that on the 6th of June, we are going to be celebrating our graduates. So graduate weekend. So if you are a senior graduating from high school or from, you know, from college or, you know, listen, those, you know people that we forget about like the masters and the doctorates if you if you're around you know we we want to celebrate you you know primarily for our seniors in high school and in college but listen if you're around we want to recognize you if you have a degree and you just graduated this year we want to recognize you so go to the front page of our website it's real easy it'll take you five minutes just fill out information about your graduate bio where they graduated from where they're going and a quick picture of you know, them in their gown, uh, preferably, but just a way we can recognize them on the screen. So we're going to be doing that on June 6th. So please join us. It's going to be a fun weekend celebrating our graduates. And then also on July 12th to the 16th, mega sports camp. Like it's not sports. It's like mega sports camp, right? So it's better. Because that's what we do in America. We add like awesome and mega in front of things. But anyway, we're going to be doing that on the, July 12th through the 16th. And so more information to come. But please get the, that week on your calendar. I know things are filling up. So please get that on your calendar and watch out for more information. How to sign up your child as well as how to serve and how to primarily how to pray that we can reach these kids. You know, Because I believe when you can reach a kid, you can reach a family. When you can reach a family, you can reach a town and a city and a country because we've got something to pass. We've got something to pass along, and we're going to hear about that here in a little bit. So I just want to say, check it out. Make sure you sign up when information comes out. But listen, I want to also tell you that we're just blown away by the faithfulness of this church as we lock arms and give of our finances. You can give through the mail online or through the boxes on the wall, but guys, I'm just blown away and so humble at the faithfulness of this church. Continuously, God is showing us that he's moving in the hearts of our people. So thank you for giving and for being faithful as we go towards a mission, which is to see people come to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Would you guys pray with me as we continue on? Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for these families dedicating their children. God, it just makes me think about Lord your words says train them up in the way they should go uh, God and when they depart they will not When they go they will not depart from it Lord we want to raise our kids to talk to Jesus To know him, to follow him, to love him, to serve him And Lord we as parents, as leaders, as you know uh, Influencers, Lord we need to be talking to Jesus We need to be talking with you daily So God get a hold of us um, Get a hold of our hearts this morning Change us, make us more like you um, Lord thank you for just the songs we sang uh, Lord, we, we, yes, yes, I will. You know, Lord, we're singing songs like you're the king of my heart. Lord, open up the gates, God. We're asking you to do something to move, and we're already seeing you move in powerful ways. So, Lord, encourage our hearts. Make us more like you. And, Lord, as we open up your word, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in a way that we would just walk away just different, that we would look different, act different, think different because we've been with you. Lord, we love you and we ask all things in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Well, what a great day here at the church, Amen. Thank God, what a great day. what a great day. God is so good. <clears throat> We, uh, as we jump in today, you know, I'm reminded that today's Mother's Day. On your way out, there is a muffin bar in the foyer, okay? Yogurt and fruit, all that stuff. And it's not just for moms, it's for everybody. Let me tell you why. Last time we gave away cupcakes, the kid, the moms took the cupcake to the car and the kids ate all the cupcakes. So, we're giving everybody something today. Let's thank God for our moms today, all right? Thank God for our moms. Um, I, you know, as, as we start into this, I'm reminded, I was reading here in Proverbs chapter 30 this morning, uh, 31. It uh, tells us about uh, about Proverbs 31 woman and talks about moms a lot. It really does. And look what this says. It says, The charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. And folks, I just want to remind you that uh, that life changes so fast, doesn't it? Like you wake up one day and you look at the calendar and you're like, oh, my goodness, how did this happen? And I looked at the calendar this week and I saw my daughter, Crease, turn 25 yesterday. Can you believe that? 25. I'm like, I'm not old enough to have a 25-year-old kid. How did that happen? Right? Yeah. And so, so life changes. And so charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. And so what he's saying here is, listen, that, that the things that were important when you were young, when you get older, are not as important. But what is important is the woman that fears the Lord, she will be greatly praised. And I want to encourage you moms out there today, um, just keep walking with the Lord. Fear the Lord. He, he continues on here. Verse 31, he says, reward her for all that she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Reward her. Today is Mother's Day. I want I want to encourage you to reward your mother today. Um, and not just on Mother's Day, but often throughout the year. Reward her for all that she has done. Uh, she has done so much for you. You can't even begin to fathom what your mom has done for you. She has made sacrifice beyond measure. And so uh, today it says here, reward her for all she has done and let her deeds publicly declare her praise. So I want to publicly declare praise to all the moms in the building today. If you're a mom, would you please stand up? We just want to honor you and we want to praise you today. Let's stand up. All the moms in the house here today, all right? Yeah, thank God. Awesome, man. We say Happy Mother's Day, and, and uh, I, want, I want to encourage you guys, take Mom out to dinner today, cook dinner, do something nice for her. At least get her a candy bar on the way home. Do something, all right? I know a great place you can get a muffin. So uh, you, you can, uh, but please, reward her and take good care of Mom. Uh, she is worthy to be praised. If your mom is out of town and she's still alive, get on the phone and give her a call. It, that call will mean more than you will ever know. Today we're jumping in Mark chapter 3. We've been looking through the life of Jesus. We've been studying the life of Jesus and we're saying, okay, who is this man? We're looking at all the scraps off of the pages of Mark. I mean, he gives us one story, then it goes to the next, then it goes to the next, and, and we've been in, we're only in chapter three of this book, Mark. It's remarkable. John Mark tells us about the remarkable Jesus. And so this is where we're heading. We're saying, listen, I want you to know who Jesus is. And the more that you look at this, you will find out how remarkable that Jesus actually is. Last week we ended uh, the message, we looked in chapter 3, the earlier part of chapter 3, where Jesus heals on the Sabbath day. And as he heals on the Sabbath day, uh, it was a very public healing. And so the the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they got on the other side of Jesus and this tension had begun. And verse 6 said that the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians that they may kill Jesus. So this tension had mounted, and what the, what happens at this point? You're thinking, all right, they're gonna they're they're mounting up, they're gonna kill Jesus. This is now, this is the time where Jesus says, okay, I'm gonna take him down. Guns are ablazing, he's gonna take these guys down. No, what does he do? Look at verse seven. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake. He gets away. A large crowd from Galilee follows him. Uh, as they pull, as he pulls back away, still the crowds continue to follow him. Looking here at verse, uh, the next verse here. When they heard about all that he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, Edume, uh, the regions across the Jordan, and around Tyre and Sidon. And so here's what was happening: people were coming. Look what it says here: they heard what he was doing. Many people will come to Jesus for a miracle. Many people want to come to Jesus for what I can get out of him. What he will do for me and do for me now. Those are what miracles are. Miracles, we we look at a miracle and we say, wow, God did this for me and he did it for me now. Whenever he healed the person. Whenever he made the, the unclean clean. Whenever he cast out demons. So all these things would be changing in people's lives. But that wasn't why Jesus came. And we've looked at this. We saw six times so far. Jesus said that I've come to preach. I've come to teach. I've come to preach. I've come to teach. And what did he come to preach and teach? Not a bunch of rules. He came to give this good news that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the long awaited son of God, that Jesus who uh, that he would provide the way for you to have eternal life. And so as he's telling this, he's saying, listen, repent and believe. Turn from, turn to. Turn to God. Don't turn from your, from your bad to something good. Turn from your bad to God. Turn from your good to God. Turn to God. Repent and believe. And if you'll just believe, this is the good news that would change your life. So Jesus withdrew from his disciples to the lake and a large crowd begins to follow. And when they heard what he was doing, they came from all over. They came from Jerusalem. Look at the map here. Uh, Jesus was teaching up here in, in Capernaum, up in this area uh, around the Sea of Galilee, and you had people coming from Idumea, from Jordan, from Jerusalem, Tyre and Sidon, uh, from Judea. So, so as as this thing is mounting, you know, I'm kind of thinking as I'm reading this that ah, oh, yeah, this was just a bunch of locals, and the crowds were getting big. But, no, what was happening was the word was getting out and it was going viral. You know, like when you put a YouTube video up and you want it to go viral? I saw somebody said that the other day. Wow, my post went viral. Well, congratulations. You know, Jesus was going viral before viral was even ever a word. Listen, it was big, and he was out there, and there was no Facebook. There was no Snapchat, no InstaTweet, none of that stuff. Jesus is out there, and he's doing this work, and the word gets out. Hey, there's a guy over by the Sea of Galilee, and he cast out demons. Hey, there's a guy over by the Sea of Galilee. And let me tell you what's happening. This guy healed healed a guy with leprosy. He made a blind guy see. He made a guy who could walk. And so the word was getting out, and people were coming for what Jesus was doing. They heard all that Jesus had been doing. But because of the crowd, verse 9, because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. Verse 10, for he had healed many. So that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the evil spirits saw him, the impure spirits, the evil spirits saw him, they fell down before him and they cried out, You are the Son of God! But he gave them strict orders not to tell anyone who he was. And so what Jesus was doing, the, the tension was mounting and he seized the tension these Pharisees, he knows that they're out to kill him. They're, they're ready now to kill him because he healed a man on the Sabbath. Because he said, I can forgive sins. He said, because that I am God. And whenever he drew that correlation between him that he is God, them was fighting words. And so they were ready to fight, and they, they went out. They teamed up with the political party. They said, uh, Herod, he's a threat to Herod as well. So we're going to get together with them, and we are going to get rid of Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He goes away from them, but he doesn't go away from the people. Look what he does. The crowds keep following. And the people were, they were in there, they were, they, were, they were jamming in so tight, and they're pushing and shoving because they want Jesus to heal them. So Jesus says, I've got to get on a boat. Uh, Do you ever get into a large crowd like that where something free is being given away? You know, remember back in the day when we used to go where there was crowds outside of church? You know what I mean? Remember that? Like, go to the Washington Wild Things game with me, and, you know, whenever they shoot those T-shirts in the stand, like, I'll jump right over top of you for a free (laughs) T-shirt. It's amazing. Go down the Pirates game, you know? I mean... You go there for the entertainment, not for the game, because it's not too entertaining. Right. You you go down there and they shoot hot dogs out of the stand. You know, they got that thing. They shoot hot dogs, man. Listen, I have trampled 14 people for a free hot dog. It's amazing what you will do. Yeah. And somehow I always get on a jumbotron when I go to those places because I'm getting something free. Right. And my wife's sitting there like, oh, please. Who is this guy? That's what was happening. The people were crowding in like they're pushing and shoving. Hey, listen, I want this. I, I want my life to be changed. I want this, this healing. And they could only see the temporary. They can only see the miracles, but they missed the fact that Jesus was coming to teach them. He was coming to reveal who he is. And as he comes to do this, I want to encourage you. Would you make your prayer, Lord, teach me? We've talked about this a few times, but it's over and over through the passage. You, you just can't help but see it. Like Jesus says, I want you to do more than just follow me for, your, for my miracles. I want you to follow me for who I am. And, and I want you to know to turn from and turn to. And if you'll simply turn to me, if you'll simply believe who I am, I'll take care of the rest. You'll be, have a home in heaven. You'll have a whole new life. John ten ten. 10, Jesus tells them you will have life and have it to the full. I want to encourage you today would you make that your prayer lord teach me lord guide me you know isn't it interesting we want we want the miracles but you know what what do, what do we really need god to teach me i need god to teach me how to be a better husband I need god to teach me to be a, how to be a better father oh but i want the miracle god i want you to do this now god i need to see this but no 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 listen every day i got to pray god teach me how to be a better dad I have adult children now, Lord. I've never done this before. Teach me how to be a a parent to adult children. God, teach me how to be a better wife. A better wife. Better husband. (laughs) Excuse me. It's a rough day here, right? Better, better, yeah. Yeah, Just teach me. Just teach me, Lord. (laughs) Teach me how to talk. (laughs) That's what I need, right? So so you come before the Lord. And I want to encourage you moms on, on Mother's Day. This is your prayer. Lord, teach me. Every day, moms, listen, this is, this is hard work you're doing. Mothering is not the, is not an easy task by far. I think it's the hardest job in the entire world. I've told people all weekend, there's no way I could be a mom. Literally, just no way I could be a mom. But let me tell you, I could not be a mom. Moms have an incredible amount of patience. Moms are resilient. Go back and read Proverbs 31. You'll see all this stuff it says about mom that she does. And I was just reading it. And I was reading it. And I'm saying, man, thank God for my wife, the mother of my children. Look what, wow, I see that in Proverbs. That was my wife. That was my wife. That was my wife. And, and now that we're like, we're in our 50s, I'm like, wow, thank God for what, what you gave us. And what we were able to do, but you know, you know what you how you get that is not by miracles. It's by Lord, teach me, God, transform me, make me somebody new. Mark three thirteen. He continues. Jesus went up to a mountainside and uh, and he called those who he wanted, and they came to him. And so what he was doing was he was calling out his disciples. And as he was calling out his disciples, Mark tells us that he went up to a mountainside. If you go over into the book of Luke, Luke tells you that not only did he go up to the mountainside, but he prayed all night. He stayed up all night and prayed whom he was going to choose to be his twelve. He had many followers at this point. I want you to catch this. There were many disciples, many followers. People said, I want to be like Jesus. I want to hang out with him. But then he says, I'm going to choose these twelve. And, and he goes through and he does this in verse 14. And he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that they might send them out, that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the 12 that he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. And I love that. Sometimes God has to change your name. Simon was a good guy. He was up. He was down. One day Simon was flying, the next day Simon was low. One day Simon says, Lord, I'll never deny you, the next day he's denying Jesus. And God gave him the name Peter. He says, because Peter means rock. And so what he did, he says, listen, I, I want you to see, as unstable as you are all your life, you're going to be the rock. And if you go through and you look in the other accounts, you look where Matthew gives the account and where Luke gives the account. And they list off the names. Also, over in the book of Acts, you'll see the 12 that are listed there. Um, whenever they list the name, Peter's always at the top. Peter's always at the top. And, and so, so you always see Peter there. And then, then he continues on. The next verse, he says that James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave the name Boenerges. Which means sons of thunder, now, can you imagine Jesus gave you a nickname, Sons of Thunder, you know, like I give people nicknames all the time, you do that too some some people that 's all they know, and they know how to give you a nickname. you know um, He gives these two guys the sons of thunder. I think if you 're raising two boys, you know what thunder is, don't you? If you have more than one boy, two boys together there 's thunder, and I think when you add a third one, there's lightning, isn't there 's lightning, isn 't there? Um, and I look at Luke and Jesse, you know, they've got three boys and one girl. I'm like, he knows what thunder and lightning's all about, you know. And they're just little. Wait till they get older. Like, there's more to the story coming. And, you know, when they're in high school and all that fun stuff happens. So he looked at these guys and he said that they're the sons of thunder. But so what Jesus was saying here, he's having a little bit of fun with them. But he's given all the characteristic of who they are. And, and listen, these are things that God was going to work on in their life. James the son of Zebedee and his brother John the sons of thunder. And then uh, continuing on, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew. Man, how many of you have a favorite Bartholomew story in the Bible? Nobody. He was, nobody knew him. You don't hear much about him, do you? You hear a lot about Peter, James, and John, but you don't hear too much about Bartholomew. Listen, God just chose ordinary people, and, and he uses them for his honor and glory. And so here's a guy that you don't know much about, but God said, listen, the story's not about them. The story's about Jesus. It's about the Messiah. It's about the good news. So Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, uh, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus. How'd you like to have that name? Thaddeus, you know, you're in middle school and the kids are calling you, yo, t you know, Thaddeus. Simon, the, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. And so we see this list of disciples. Jesus chooses 12 disciples here. and He says, listen, I want them to be my disciple. And he's called them away and he wants them to be his disciple. And then he says, we're going to go out, we're going to do this. Then Jesus went, then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. There were so many people gathered. So he gets these twelve, and they go back into this home, and man, people are just gathering around. They want healings. They want to see what Jesus is doing, and they're crowding in, and the disciples can't even eat. So much so that look what his family says to him. His family heard this, and they went out to get him, to take charge of him, for they said, he's out of his mind. Jesus was born to Mary, a virgin, who was betrothed to Joseph. After Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph had other kids. She was no longer a virgin at that point. And so here, this natural family that he's living with, we'll call them his half-brothers. They come before him and they say, what are you doing, Jesus? Look at all these people you can't even eat. You're saying that you're God, and they, listen—they didn't totally understand this picture yet. Like, could you imagine if your brother just went into town and told people he could forgive sins? You know, like, hey, yeah, I'm God today. You'd be like, what is wrong with you? And that's what his, what the, what his family did. And they came out. And they said, you're out of your mind. Let's get out of here. There's too many people here. Don't you know them Pharisees? They're already ready to kill you. What are you doing? So today, what I want to do, I want to stop in this passage, and I just want to look at this today about what it means to be a disciple. You know, he called them apostles, but uh, what he did was he gave the definition of a disciple. This church, that's what we're all about, is to make disciples who will make disciples who will make disciples. Uh, One of the things that Jesus told them at the end of Matthew 28, he told these 12, and actually by that point there were only 11 because, remember, Judas betrayed him. There were only eleven at that point, and as he leaves to go up into heaven, he says, listen, I want you to go out and to make disciples of all nations. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to teach them to obey all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always till the very end of the age. So he tells them what he wants them to do. But what does it mean to be a disciple? You hear that word disciple. It's very confusing. Maybe it's a a little challenging to you. The word is follower. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's more of a apprentice, if you will. To become like the master. And so you would think that there would be tons of instruction. Like Jesus would pull them away. He's on this little retreat with them. I want you to be my disciples. And here's the manual. And he gives them all this stuff, right? Here's the instructions. You need instructions to do things. Did you ever go buy anything in Ikea? You like those instructions? You know, there's not a word on them. They're all pictures. Have you ever noticed that? They're all pictures. And... And it's pictures of stuff that doesn't match what's in my box. It's amazing, and they try to put this thing together, and you're just so mad. You're just so mad. You're like, take this thing back! How much does it cost to buy that already put together, right? So, I want to encourage you today that the instructions that Jesus gave were even less than what you get in an IKEA box. Look at it. It's it's pretty powerful in verse, uh, verse um, Mark chapter three verse thirteen. I'll begin. Jesus went up on a mountainside and he called to him those that he wanted and they came to him. So he called them out and says, listen, I want you to come with me. He appointed the twelve. And check this out. He appointed the twelve that they might be with him. That he might send them out to preach. And that they might have authority to drive out demons. So as we're disciple making church. Our mission is to bring people into a closer relationship to Jesus. That's what we're doing. We're bringing people, bringing them into a growing relationship with Jesus. That's what we're all about here. And I want you to catch because what, what Jesus told his disciples is very important for you to be a disciple of Jesus. And there it is. It's in one verse that they might be with him. So if you're taking notes, number one is presence. God said, I want you, Jesus said, I want you to be in my presence. I want you to hang out with me, simply to be with Jesus. This is what a disciple does. A disciple hangs out with Jesus. Number one, first and foremost, you're hanging out with Jesus. Everything else will flow from this. Being in his presence is where you become a follower of Jesus. Listen, religion says, get the catechism, check the boxes off. What more can I do, do, do? Jesus says, it's already done. I want you to hang out with me. I want you to be with me. And that is so important. That's why we say here over and over, and you hear me say a lot in this series, we are not about religion, we are about a relationship. And the relationship is from hanging out with Jesus. Jesus. You know um what will what will that do to you? How do you hang out with jesus? well you, you you talk to him every day. you get in his word, you spend time with him, and as you spend time with jesus it 's like an anchor to your soul. I'll never forget we went to a, a fair or something, and I saw this it was a hot air balloon, and the hot air balloon you could pay to put your kids in this hot air balloon, and it was a real hot air balloon and had a rope on it, and it would go up, you know. Fifty, sixty 60 feet in the air, and then they'd pull you back down. And I'll never forget, you know, my kids were little. like, can we do it, Daddy? Can we do it? I'm like, no, we're not doing it. Just, we're not doing it, right? But you, you just watch that thing. And you, I would sit there sometimes, and I'd just watch this thing go up and down and up and down. And it was anchored by that rope, and there was a weight at the bottom, and it anchored it. And, and as that balloon would get up there, and if there was anything that was trouble, man, they'd pull that thing right down and all I could think of is in our life, that's what that's what meeting with Jesus does. When you meet with Jesus, he is the tether. He is what's going to stop you from being blown away. You know, there are things that will sweep your life away today. So many things can sweep your life away. Your emotions can sweep you away. Our emotions right now are up and down, up and down. This world is crazy around us, Folks. Um, your emotions, you can get swept away in, in the events of this world right now. Your activities, you know, we just, we just get so busy in our life. Like the world was shut down and now we're starting up to be busy again. And I'm looking at my calendar, I'm saying, man, how did I get this busy this fast? And, and like you can be swept away by the activities because what happens is when if you live on a high of activity to activity to activity, when you come off of that, then you're like wondering what's wrong with me. There's something wrong and, and you got all these issues that start to head to you, but. When you come and you're saying, I got the presence of Jesus, so I go up on my activity and I come back into his presence. I go, yeah, I have to deal with these emotions. I have to deal with my job. I have to deal with all these things. But when I come back to Jesus, he's the grounding rod. Your thoughts can sweep you away. All these things can sweep us away. And Jesus called his followers to be with him. He talked about the old wineskins. He said, listen, I am something new. You can't fit me into the old wineskin. As you put this, this fresh grape juice into the wineskin, yeah, you, you can't put it into an old one. It will just burst it out. Jesus says, I don't fit into religion. Don't try to make me fit into religion. I will just shred it apart. He says, I am something new and I've come to make you new. God's called you to be with Him. You know, did you ever notice that when you're with somebody, the more you spend time with somebody, you become like that person? Did you ever notice that? You hang out with somebody and all of a sudden you start picking up on their silly statements that they say, you know? Uh, you get married, all of a sudden you start to become like your spouse. I'll never forget whenever Rhonda and I were dating, you know? It was like, it, at first, she didn't really want to go out with me. Uh, I can't imagine why. Like... She just didn't understand it yet. Like, I saw God's plan for her life, and she was resisting. She was resisting. But, you know, I'm a faithful follower of Jesus, and so I was like, I'm gonna help her. And so I, uh, I, you know, I just kept calling her. I remember one day I showed up for a date, and, uh, sh- she says that I had planned it this way, and I don't know that I had planned it this way, but there was a bunch of us young adults were gonna go on a something in Pittsburgh, and we were gonna swing by and pick her up on the way. And, uh, and that day, everybody else canceled. And it was just me. <laughs> and I showed up. I was a youth pastor. She'll tell you this. this is, I'm not lying. This is uh, this is true. You can't write stuff like this. This is history. Um, listen, uh, I showed up. I had a church van. That was my only vehicle. Was a church van. I called it the love boat. <laughs> and uh, and I showed up out there. And she's like, "Where's everybody at?" I said, um, "Nobody else is going." She goes, "It's just me and you." I was like, yeah. And so, um, I was persistent and, and I got her to keep spending time with me. And then, you know, I'm like a fungus. I kind of grow on you, I guess, you know? <laughs> uh, but, but I just kept spending time with her and spending time with her. And then, then all of a sudden, I'll never forget this. We started dating and, you know, she's dating. She's like, well, yeah. And I could tell. She's, you know, I got it. I know what God's plan is. She just needs to seek God more. And, uh, and I'll never forget, one day we were out at Kennywood Park. I was out there. I was a youth pastor. I had a bunch of kids, about 50 teenagers out there, running all over Kennywood Park. And she showed up after work. And I'll never forget, she saw me in a different light. It was like she was so happy. And she was like, and she'll tell you, like, if you talk to her to this day, she goes, Kennywood's the place that, that it happened. I'm like, What happened? Because goes, that's where, like, the light went on. Like, it, it, it became clear. And you know why? Because she was spending time with me. It wasn't the funnel cakes, guys. It wasn't the funnel cakes. It was the more that we spent time and the time. And here we are, 27 years married later, two kids later. And listen, we, we've become a lot like each other. The more you spend time with somebody, the more you become like them. And that's what God does in a relationship. When you come and you spend time with Him, He's not asking you to memorize a bunch of facts about Him. Listen, when I started dating, dating Rhonda, I knew all the facts about her, but I had to connect. I mean, I, I, had, I had to, I had to like, 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 who really are you? I, I, it's not enough to know where you live and what kind of car you drive and what you go to work and what your job is about. There's only so much you can talk about that stuff. You, you, I had to get to know her, and like, she began to know me. She began to see that, you know, I really was God's wonderful plan for her life. You know, and, and she she finally opened up, and she and like, here we are. We have this wonderful life. That's what happens when you get with Jesus. Look what happened in the Book of Acts. Acts four thirteen. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. And folks, I want you to know the first part of being a disciple is to be with Jesus and the rest of the world will take note when you're with Jesus. That's it right there. The, the key to being a disciple, everything else flows out of this, is that you are with Jesus. They took note... What happened to your life? They're going to take note. They're going to see. Listen, there's something different about you. You smile more often. You're a different person. You've got some pep in your step. I don't know what happened to you since you've been going to that crazy place on the hill in Finleyville. You are a different person. And God begins to do this in your life. And But it's more than just hanging out at church. Listen, you start here on Sunday. You're here for an hour. God wants you to hang out with him every day. Young people, he wants you to hang out with them before you go to school. He wants you to hang out with them at your lunch break. And, oh, no, you don't have to carry your Bible. One, One young person asked me, should I be carrying my Bible to school? I'm like, if you want to, that's okay. But God wants you to walk with him. He wants you to not just carry this. It's not a badge. He wants you to know Him. And so get into His Word and spend just a little bit of time with Him. So whether we're young or old, listen, the difference is if I've been with Jesus. Have I been with Jesus every day this week? Or was I just with Jesus last Sunday? And it was a long Cold, dreary week in between, and when we come together here, what we do is we're encouraging each other, we're fellowshipping, we're, we're 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 encouraging each other to keep meeting with Jesus. But as you meet with Jesus, God changes your story, God grows your life, and so He says, "Listen, don't try to make me fit into the old. I've become something new, and I've come to make you something new." So when you when you're hanging out with Jesus, first and foremost, He told His disciples, "I want you to hang out with Me." And that's what they did. And so the rest of the book of Mark, you're gonna see for the next three years, these disciples are hanging out with Jesus. You're gonna see story after story where they're hanging out with Jesus. All the way to the cross, all the way to the resurrection. They hung out with Jesus. They saw the highs, they saw the lows. And I want to encourage you, hang with Jesus. Number one is presence. Number two is to preach. He told them that he called them to preach. And let me let me translate that for you so that you understand it. It means this: to pass on what you have learned from Jesus. Pass on what you have learned from Jesus. Um, it's it's really simple. How do we do this? Well, I've been with Jesus, so my my face is going to show it. My countenance is going to be different because I have been with Jesus. And so we will see more of this uh, in the life of Jesus. As the people are hanging out with him, they begin to preach. They begin to spread the good news. And you can see it over and over. When Jesus comes, man, the next thing they do is they go out and they tell people. They've been in his presence. Now they go out and they pass on what you have heard from Jesus. And so I want to encourage you. Sometimes it's, it's a young mom sharing about parenting and what you've found because of the truth of Jesus Christ. Like, young moms need each other. I, I I love what happens up here at the church. We have mops, mothers of preschoolers. They meet here twice a month at the church. And I see them. They come up and they're getting out of their cars, going into the gym and all the, the gymnasium or downstairs, wherever they meet. And you just see them all together and they're happy. And, and, you know, one mom's got two, three kids. Another one's carrying this. And, man, they're just, it's hard out there, isn't it? like like being a mom i and in some of these moms you know the 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 largest sentence that you have is da 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 you know Ma ma that's your sentence for three years, right? Two years, and I, that's all you hear. And, and then your husband comes home, and he's dead tired, and and you don't know how. You know you're ready to talk up three thousand words a minute, and he's done with saying words. He's exhausted, right? So you got all this. And so, young moms, the difference that Jesus makes in your life, you get to come along to another young mom and say, "Let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you how God meets my needs even now, whenever I can't even see straight." whenever I don't even know what day it is. It's about sharing about your marriage, telling other people about your marriage because of what God has done in your marriage. You can now come alongside of somebody else who's who's dealing with Rocky Road in their marriage. And, you know, it's up, it's down. That's the way life is. And, and you get to come alongside and give them the stability that comes from knowing God. And you get to plant the seed of Jesus. Like, all you're doing is, you're that's preaching, folks. You're sharing the good news. Like, Jesus made a difference in my life. And you get to do that with other people. Um, listen, when I share people, I get to share with people, this is what God has done in my life, and that's what each one of us, what is the difference that God has made in your life? But you don't get to preach unless you've been in His presence. There are many pastors out there in our world today that want to, want to fill auditoriums and want to make great shows and, and videos and books and all that stuff. Listen, they got to get in His presence. The books, That's not even part of it. The book's already been written. Jesus said, I want you to spend time with me. And I want you to to go pass it on. And so this isn't about, hey, getting up and preach like I do on Sunday. No, no, no. It is spread this good news. Pass this good news on. And then number three, he said to them, he says, I want you to have power. And listen, I want you to know you've got power in your life. When you hang in the presence of Jesus, you have power. He told them he wanted them to go out and cast out demons. And let me translate that for us in the modern day. To live the life of Jesus that frees us and frees others. To see the life of Jesus, to live it. The life of Jesus that frees us and frees others. So Jesus freed me from certain things. He's freed you from certain things. And so we get to go out we get to help other people. And we get to help them free it. Get their life to be free. And so today, on Mother's Day, I want to challenge all of you moms. The greatest thing that you can do in your family is to give them Jesus. That is the number one greatest thing. The greatest thing that you can do, moms, is to spend time with Jesus. How do I become, how do you become a better mom? You spend time with Jesus every day. Keep spending time with Jesus. Oh, but yeah, I know you say, but I failed over here and I have this problem and I have that problem. And my kid got this problem. No, no, no. Listen, those are all legit. But God says, spend time with me. Keep spending time with me. And what God will do is he will make you the mother that you need to be for those children. I want you to consider what Paul told young Timothy. Paul had trained Timothy in a ministry. He was a mentor to him. And... um, Check this out, what he said to to Timothy. He said, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. Do you see the trail of faith in his life? Where did it start? His mom and who else? Grandmother. At this point, when Timothy was a young lad, his dad was Greek. Greek was not a follower of the things of God at all. Paul says, I see this line of faith. It started out in your grandmother Lois, and then she gave it to your mother Eunice, and then Eunice gave it to you. And then Paul adds a very important line. He says, and it is evident. I am persuaded it now lives in you. You see, because your mom was a person of faith, doesn't make you a person of faith. It has to live in you. And so I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, and then into your mother, and then into your into you. It's alive in you. And folks, I want to challenge all the moms here today, because this is so powerful. This is so powerful when, that God would highlight for us, like, the, the importance of the women in our life. Importance of mom, grandma, this legacy of faith that they could p- plant into the people's life. And so this is what you get to do. You get to do this by spending time with Jesus. Spend time in His presence. Pray. Meet with God. Go out, grab one of our May prayer journals. I've had more people tell me that, listen, I have struggled with a prayer life. But those prayer journals that we're handing out, they're using it as accountability. And they're writing in their prayers. And they have had the best prayer life in the last five, six months because they're doing this and they're meeting with God every day. I want to encourage you today. Go out and meet with God. But look at this. Now, check this out. Moms, this is what you're doing. You're planting acorns. That's what you're doing. You're planting acorns. You know, when you go and you plant an acorn, it's so small, isn't it? And moms, you you plant that acorn and, and man, all of a sudden it starts to grow. And sometimes those acorns, man, they can be messy, can't they? All of a sudden you plant it and this little child starts to grow and Oh, you can't even see straight some of your young moms with the diapers, right? That's it. You can't even, you know, you're just you're just looking for a one full night's sleep. That's like the goal of your life right now. And then as that kid begins to grow, he gets into school age, and you start to run on the cycle of school, and you're busy, and you're running to all the things that school got going for you, and you're a tired planter of an acorn, but you're starting to watch this little acorn grow. And then that that acorn grows and gets to about 6th or 7th grade and, and, uh, and he learns how to talk back to you. And, and, and you're mortified. And you're like, I can't believe this kid could actually say these things. Like, doesn't he know I'm mom? And, and, and then, then, then one day that little acorn turns 16 and asks for the keys to the car. And then you learn how to pray. More than you ever prayed in your life. And you can only understand that if you've happened to you, right? And then that acorn goes up and that acorn goes off and that acorn one day comes back, graduate of college. Acorn says, hey, I'm ready to get married. Acorn says, hey, I'm ready to plant my own acorns. And what you've done, moms, is this. As you planted that acorn, this is what you were growing But when you planted that little acorn and you looked at it, you looked at all the hard times and you saw the wind, you saw the storms come, you just wanted to give up half the time. But you're growing an acorn. You said, this acorn is growing. And i got to keep watering this acorn. i got to make sure the sun's not too hot. I don't want to burn them out. I, I, I don't want the storm. The storm came and he lost a couple limbs. And, and so you come alongside and you're there. And as you're growing this acorn, you're planting and you're coming alongside. And you're helping this, this tree to mature. And one day you see this strong tree. But you know what? When that kid's in, in the nursery, or the kid's in third grade, or the kid's in senior in high school you wonder if it's ever going to happen and let me tell you the best way that you can grow an acorn mom is to spend time with Jesus and God will give you everything you need to water that acorn to protect that acorn to help shape that acorn and watch that tree begin to grow and grow and grow into something powerful I have been reminded of your sincere faith he says I see it now in you. It came from your mom and from grandma. And we can trace this line. And then check this out here. He says, for this reason, I remind you to fan the flame of the gift of God, which is in you. Listen, God is working in Timothy. And he says, I want you to fan the flame. Verse 7, for God did not give us a spirit of of timidity, but a spirit of power and of self-control. Sound mind. Listen, this is what God's called us to do. Do you see the discipleship there? Spend time with Jesus. Get the faith in your heart. Grow, grow, grow. He's going to grow you. But the way you grow is to spend time with him. Pass it on. You know, a disciple is not a disciple until he starts to pass it on. So I want to encourage us all. Let's be disciples of Jesus. Let's, let's grow. Let's spend time with Jesus every day. Uh, it's, it's the most important thing of your life. It's the simplest thing, but it's the hardest thing. Your schedule will fight you tooth and nail for it. Your mind will fight you tooth and nail. You'll come to meet with Jesus. You'll be tired. Listen, because the enemy knows that, that if you don't meet with God, you won't become more like him. So I want to encourage you, meet with God. Become a disciple. Let's bow in prayer. With our heads, closed, heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I want to encourage you today. To trust Jesus. He said, I've called these unto myself that they might be my disciples. And this is what a disciple does. They hang in his presence. They pass on the good news. And then they have power. They are able to break the chains. And folks, if you will hang out with Jesus, that's what God's going to do in your life. So I want to encourage you, maybe you've not trusted Christ as your Savior yet, whether you're with us in the auditorium or you're at home online, Jesus says, I want you to trust me. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved from the punishment of your sins. So if that's you today, just call on him and say something like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I admit before you that I need you. You died on the cross, you paid for my sin, you rose again. I invite you into my life right here, right now. And for others in this room, maybe you just haven't been hanging out with Jesus. I I want to encourage you. God's called you unto Himself. He's the one. He's called us to be with Him. And He says, listen, just hang out with me. I want to take us in our daily life to a renewed passion to hang out with Jesus. Oh, not know about Him, but to become like Him. Not look at the outside, but to be with Him, to really sit and spend time with God. And watch what He will do in your marriage, in your family, in your calling in life. And look, God wants to use you for people all around. There's people that need the good news of Jesus. And He's placed it on us. But that call, we don't get to preach unless we're first in His presence. Father, be with each one of us, Lord, as we seek You, as we seek to know You, as we seek to grow in Your ways, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for calling us unto you. Thank you for some in this room today, Lord, that just opened their heart to Jesus Christ. Some online just opened their heart to you, Lord. Thank you. We see this powerful words that you've given us about your story, about the good news, about the gospel. Lord, I pray you'll be with every mom in this place as they leave today. And we celebrate them and we encourage them today. But God, I pray that this will be a, a renewed commitment in their life and in all of our lives to hang out with Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today. I want to encourage you to stop by and get this celebration muffin, fruit, all that good stuff and a coffee. In honor of moms. Let's thank God. Have a great day. God bless you. You are dismissed. The
3: winter cold chill blows away, and bonfire fire. you made it all I'm just dreaming in this empty room but my thoughts are gone cause I